0: Hello, my name is Gabriel Martinez and I'm here to talk to you all about space and place since COVID-19 and the impact that, that the pandemic has had on primarily first generation college students. So the agenda for our conversation for today will first of all I'll talk about the goal for this project and the methodology. Then I'll we'll, then I'll discuss um, a few academic-based theories such as spatial injustice, liminality, spatiality. I'll talk about the case studies and we'll also kind of get a little bit of a background based on kind of about the, the small amount of research that is available in this topic. So, the primary question guiding me in this project is in regards to space and place. As student senses of belonging. What are the implications that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on marginalized demographics of students, primarily first-generation college students? And what are and when I say this, I'm looking for the implications that impact these students based on societal and institutional responses responses to the pandemic. Um, so before I move forward, I just want to give you all the... a foundational kind of perspective on the pandemic. Um, and even though it's assumed that whoever is listening has a decent understanding of the pandemic, assuming that we all live through that, so I'd like to provide a little bit of background. So essentially, in March of 2020, um, when the covid nine COVID-19 virus kind of became rapid across the United States and frankly around the world. All institutions of higher education were forced to shut down and work remotely in order to to prevent the spread of the virus. So when institutions began to do that, that's that's where the complexity started to come into place. And that's what I'll talk about in, in a little bit. But I just kind of want to get a little bit of a foundational type of approach to that. So I want to talk about how I plan on answering this, uh, the, the goal of my, of this project. So essentially, I'll be analyzing uh, various different academic and media based articles and where I can really then decipher myself. What are the positive, and negative implications that COVID nineteen responses both at, uh, both institutionally and societally? How how that impacted for first year college students? So with that being said, I'd like to to, to discuss the three um, theories that I'd like to highlight for today. So the first um, the first concept I'd like for us to talk about is spatial justice, or I should say spatial injustice. So spatial injustice, frankly, according to SOJA, really focuses on the intentional and focused emphasis on the spatial or, or geographical aspects of justice and injustice. So sen- essentially, it involves a fair and equitable Distribution in the space of socially valued resources and the opportunities to, to to use them. So, in the context of higher education, this is really something that's re- really big because, especially in regards to the distribution of resources and opportunities to to, to, to use them, that's something that a lot of. Um, that doesn't happen as much for and for, for for first generation college students I'll talk about that about, about that in a little bit in a second but so in context of this Tinto discusses that there are two domains of integration into the university environment which involves social integration and academic integration academic integration really focuses on um, the interactions that students will have with faculty, as well as the engagement that they have with course materials, um, to the initiative to take advantage of students, types of resources and such. However, uh, so, social integration focuses on really the the connections that students make make with others in the campus community. When I say campus community, I mean Faculty, staff, and students. So, and so, and Golan Tinto, um, and one of their studies discussed how how first generation and low income students are four times as more likely to not continue their higher education after their first year compared to the more traditional college student. So, really, this is a clear in- indication based on the spatial injustice type of framework, that because the more traditional college student um, is more likely to continue their education compared to the first generation or low income student, that's a current indication that they're they're spatially unjust distributions. And so they're spatially unjustified distributions of socially valued resource sources opportunities to, to use them for, for the reason that these students are not not excelling so the institutions do have a role in such. So now I want to talk about the um the, the term li, um the term liminality. So so, um, so Cook, Sather, and, so sat and Alter discuss how liminality is essentially, essentially the condition between two periods of active social participation, and it's a transitional intermediate state between culturally defined stages of person's life. So, in terms of space and place, and in terms of first generation college students, this term in, in particular is especially important because essentially the one period of a student's life is life before um, be, before pursuing a higher education degree. And the stage, the second stage, is really once a student graduates. So, so as, field, as Field and Morgan Klein says, the studenthood itself is a little is a, is a liminal title due do due, due to its temporary identity being a student. You will not be a student forever. Being a student is only a temporary thing. So during this this this, this liminal part of a student's life, it's really important that when they, they work towards this to their high higher education degrees, that institutions do provide. The spatially just spaces and places for students to get to a, to their second period of their lives. So for so f- first generation college students come from a variety of different different sort of backgrounds and identities. So the first stage of, of um so the first stage um of their to- of their person's life like the first peer period really varies. First-generation students are more likely to be old, to be old, older than the traditional college students. That's why it starts college right after high school. A lot of first-generation college students come from minoritized back, 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 backgrounds, and there's some that even have disabilities. First-generation first generation college students are also um, more, um, likely to be non-native English speakers. A lot of times first generation students are more likely to be immigrants. A lot of first generation students are single parents and are financially, are single parents and financially independent from their own parents. Um, a lot of first generation college students um, live on campus. They do not start college right after high school. So, so there's a delayed entry into college. Um, A lot of first generation college students also work, um, which which can also prevent them at times to enroll full-time. And many first generation college students are also um, more likely to be married and have children where they have a lot more other responsibilities, both family and financially. So, with that being said, I'll talk about that in a a little bit, but those are clear indications that because of the complexities that first-generation college students have regarding their liminal identities, that in the midst of all all of that, the COVID-19 pandemic exacerbates their situations even more. And I will talk about that in a little bit. But going on, I want to talk about spatiality. So so this is a term discussed by, by Shalka, um, where spatiality is really theorizing the lived experiences of um, engaging campus ecology and spaces. So it's r- r- really the, the, the relationship that students have within campus environments and specifically with their conditions. So this really has a big indication of our campus with higher education um, campuses, such as social class, race, language, and interactions with other community members. Um, now that I'm done talking about spatiality, I want to um, start to talk about various different types of academic-based re- academic-based research that's been done, as well as um, the media-based types of articles. So, first I want to talk about the uh, about academic-based research. So, something I want to mention before we get started is that since the onslaught of the COVID-19 pandemic, which has really fairly happened fairly recently, there has been there's not as much academic based research that has been done a lot of the re- research well i wouldn't call it the i want to call it research i'll call it more information comes from the media-based types of articles because based on the COVID-19 pandemic where things have changed so quick quickly a lot of that information Will come from the media based sorts of articles compared to academic based our ar- 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 articles so now that I discussed that I will be talking which I have also included under the news poor the news portion um, of the the website um, but I will be first talking about the academic based sort of of research that's already been done. So, um, an example would, would be um, the article titled, More Than Inconvenience, The Unique Needs of Student College Students During the COVID-19 Pandemic. So, in this article, in particular, if you identify the sense of pandemic started, many college students um, have experienced mental health types of challenges, multiple stressors, that um indicated such as excuse me such as stress, anxiety, depressive thoughts among among the students. And that that's something that um I wanted to highlight too because of, um in the world when the pandemic started, I would say that the majority of people in the world experience some sort of mental health types of challenges where students are no exception to that. So that's something I want to po- point out is that, um, that's, that students experience the same sort of normal, um, re- response to, 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 the pandemic, but also some, um, the article talked about multiple, how their professors also didn't just include about the pandemic of being more isolated, but also their stress and anxieties, depressive thoughts, was a result of their education as well, such as, oh no, can I pass my classes? Um, I was in this internship and I had to cancel this or, um, or various other things like, will I be able to go back to school in the summer or in the fall? Um, what about my scholarships? Um, Can I pass classes Classes and all that sort of stuff, all those stresses um, and anxiety, suppressive thoughts also came about because of their education. Um, another article I want to talk about is the impact of COVID-19 on college students from communities of color. And that's something that I really want to talk about because on the fortunate killing of George Floyd on May 25th, 2020, where that that's where that pandemic was really at an all-time high and that's where they can only have happened. This article talks about how um, on top of COVID-9, COVID-19, many young people of color, fr- frankly any, any individual color, any person not of color that feels impacted by itself, um. This also brought about more um, more, more, more psychosocial stress stressors in regards to, to to this on top of the stresses that students experience because of the COVID nine pandemic, they also experienced stressor because of because of that. So something else I want to talk about, um, I wanna also talk about um, how um how the COVID nineteen pandemic has also impacted students' lives where um, where the research says to that younger individuals such as younger students are more likely to um to downplay the impact that the vi that the, the, the virus can have and that's something that I really like to talk about too, is because um, the, the research said, some of the very few um, research that has been played, played, such as the article, COVID-19 lockdown impact on college student lives. That article in particular talks about the so, the, so, the, the social pressures that students experience when they started to to, reju- to resume in-person instruction some of the the situations that he, that they talked about involved where students would completely disregard the safety protocols that the institutions put in place to really prevent the spread and disregard that. A lot of times they would still do very um unsafe sort of practices while while not wearing masks, not being associated distant from one another and such. And the article also talks about how peer pressure kind of comes into play where other students that still were uneasy about really did, 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 disregarding those, those safety protocols, still did, 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 did so because they wanted to fit in with, with the crowd and that, as a result that was to help not just them, but their families and their peers as well. Another piece of research that I wanna talk about includes our article, Scene and unseen first year college students' sense of belonging during the COVID-19 pandemic. So in this, in this re- reading, it talks about how students' sense of belonging has changed significantly since, since the pandemic, where the connections and the idea of what is a student's sense of belonging um, changed drastically during that time. So, um, so the traditional sense, I guess I would say, of sense of belonging based on higher education literature focuses on, um, the connections and the interactions that one experiences with the other, that feels more connected to the campus community, but during the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, that really wasn't the case, there were many students that did still wanted to seek connections, but what to what extent they would do it? Boy, just seeing somebody in the Zoom room, talking interacting with the faculty in the Zoom room, doing study groups on the Zoom room, was that sufficient? Some students, was, yes, there were other situations, the article talked about how how students desired <laughs> more interactions with others outside of the Zoom room where, where they really strive to really interact with individuals in person, even though they consider considered to be unsafe. And that was an, an, uh, another part. So based on the individual circumstance, the traditional ways of students feeling like um, that, that, that they, they, they belong to an institution, like a sense of belonging, that really changed significantly. And for that reason, that's also really important, that I want, also want to talk about is what does campus spaces come into play with students' desires at times to be online? And that's not something that I want to answer just yet. But I just kind of want to point that out there that student sense of belonging, how student spaces, how campus spaces, and places being transferred online, what does the role that these spaces and places now have when when being remote? I now want to um, shift towards talking about media based. Articles, which is m- 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 more, uh, abundant, so I include the these media based um articles also on the website too under the the news drop down menu. Um, but I'll discuss some of some of the articles, but not 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 all. But I'll just discuss some. So, with the COVID nineteen pandemic began, there's there was a big um, change in institutional based revenues across the country because a lot of where institutions made money from involved, like such as like dorms, their meal plans, athletic events, um, community members paying for par for parking and all of which had to be shut down because of the pandemic. So as a result, institutions from all over that they lost millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. So with that being said, um, the various different budget cuts came into effect, such as one article, the University Cultural Center's advocacy programs face funding cuts. That article in particular talks about how the University of Arizona, um, how campus-based cultural centers and student support services such, such as Survivor advocacy for students survivors um, of sexual assault, how how the institution hindered and implemented budget cuts to- towards those pro- programs and as, as a result, that put a huge damper on not only the physical space of the centers, but also put a huge damper on how marginalized students are served. Before I move on to the next Article. I want to discuss my reasoning for why I'm discussing about institutional-based budget cuts instead. Because something else I want to to mention is that is that based on the institutional budget cuts, this has a major impact on how campus spaces and places are operated. This this changes drastically how regarding spatial injustice and such, how how um, these campus operations cuts, budget cuts, how does that impact students' sense of belonging on college campus and such. So that's one of the reasons why I will, by, I'm discussing this. So going on to the next article, um, which is the pandemic may have permanently altered campuses and here's how. Um, they were saying about how, um, about how many of, like, the cultural centers that, um, not, it wasn't just cold, cold, cultural centers, but really any campus support center, a lot of them were re- really integrate into one single office where there's, like, a one-stop shop, rather, um, so they really were to consolidate different sort of student programs and student support services into really one particular space in order to best serve students with a limited type of budget. Whether those practices were effective or not, that's um, that's not, not the goal of describing this, but this is just a practice that was put out. Another article which is, talks about the common sense solutions can mitigate unprecedented Cuts to higher education. This article talks about how um, how some institutions have said that fourteen percent of their budget would, would 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 be cut, and how students could expect lower quality types of programs, including fewer course offerings, more um, limited access to advising and tutoring, large classes, um, and part and working with part time adjunct instructors, rather than full-time instructors. And as a result, the article talked about how this could impact the dropout rates and the grades that students experience in the long run. So as a result, this drastically hurts students. And regarding, regarding um, the the spatial um, injustice, spatiality, and the, the and, um, the liminal- and the liminality, this has major effects to that because if, you, if you're course uh, courses that are offered um, with, with limited access to advising, uh, to to tutoring, larger classes, all of which impacts students' experiences um, when at a at a university, even if you're if a student's online or not work uh, there in person. This still has drastic, drastic impacts on students that um, can bring about various net, 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 various net negative implications, especially also with spatiality, how the, the lived experiences of students, the lived experience of students because of these budget cuts can bring about, oh, I'm in the larger classroom Students, I can't, fo- can't focus. Oh, I've been trying to set up trying to see my academic advisor, but there's just not enough available slots. Or I've been trying to see a, a, a math tutor on campus, but they're just so packed. A lot of this really has na- negative implications um, on th- th- these students. Um, another article i talk about is. Um, is um, an article um, which is discussing the article title is Proposed $25 Million Cut to Colleges was on Layouts, reduce Student Support Services, and such. And they discuss how the di- additional reductions due to, to the budgets disproportionately impact first-generation students, students of color, students from low-income backgrounds, and other represented students in particular, that's really important. that I want to keep in mind is that even even though these budget cuts sound very generic, the impacts in particular really impact students that are already, um, already marginalized, um, according to colleges. And yet these budget cuts are impacting these students maybe the most. Um, so another article that I felt um, I really needed need to, f- to f- focus on um, was an article that um, was titled the, R- the Race for Space, How Today's Private Students' Environments Could Affect College Students. So that's an article I really wanted to talk about, is that in regards to space and studying environments, when institutions started to reopen slowly in the fall of 2020, um, many of the large study spaces, the study halls and such, were still closed in order to really minimize um, students meeting um, large spaces, which can then um, exacerbate the spread of COVID. Um, so by shutting down those spaces, it made students more, it made it difficult for students to really get to larger, larger, larger groups so that's something that i really like to talk about because the article talks about how many students struggle to find spaces to study where studying in their 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 rooms and their dorm rooms which are the same space as they sleep and such that really also started to hinder their mental health and their active performance um as well as these students really tried to study elsewhere where some students got to the point where they would Study in the laundry room of their dorm hall. But they also talked about how um, how students um, also um, started to affect mental health struggles, um, where they will work, 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 work from home, or they're studying from home, such as if they live at their parents' house and were making the space multi um, purposeable such as if you're in a dining table and the dining tables don't want to just eat, but to also study, a lot of that could also impact the student's academic performance and their mental health as well. Moving on, I want to talk about, um, going on to other articles, I want to mention that even though it discussed various negative implications institutional budget cuts have had on space and place for 1st generation college students, there are also some positive implications that um, in, in the result to to the pandemic, so well, one of the articles talked about optimizing office space um, on the post COVID nineteen campus. So this um, so 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 this article talked about how institutions are starting to come up with ways to really uh, really optimize our uh, um, office spaces where they could be. More, more, more effective basis suggests maybe even turning some offices into um like tearing down some walls and maybe making certain office spaces more, more oh, oh open for students to really um take advantage of the spaces um another article the campus after COVID," COVID um, talked about how um how using how campuses are starting to re, 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 re imagine, um, their own campus spaces where they would transform IME spaces into community hubs, large-scale sorts of, re, of resource centers. Um, and um, they also, other articles talked about how outdoor college spaces are kind of the space for, for the future, in a sense where even though one of the major um, positive benefits of outdoor college space is that it helps to reduce the spread of COVID-19 because, oh, oh, because of open air, uh, access to sunlight with R D that can help students well, well-being and such. Um, but also, to, so based on those various positive types of implications, um, they, they said that the next trends are starting to focus on um colleges re, um, focusing on their re of pre designing their spaces um to be more outside. Um another article I want to talk about um is regarding the article um seven ways the coronavirus pandemic could change college this fall and and forever. Um and they and they talked in particular about um how the pandemic has raised concern um, based on the increased housing insecurity for Black college students and how this already starts to highlight the systemic inequities that marginalized students experience because of the the pandemic, how that was exacerbated because of so. But even though I was talking about about like um, campuses re- re- reimagining spaces in regards to um, in regards to housing and insecurity. It is also the goal that if campuses start to reimagine re- campus spaces, that potentially campus housing could also be re- reimagined as well, which could also start to reduce. Um, the in the housing insecurities that other students of color, students in general, would experience, but but despite this, the last article, um, discusses how students have mixed reactions to campus in-person learning, online, and hybrid models of operation. How there are. Um, how digital class spaces are more flexible and access to coursework is more accessible. However, um, based on certain types of of learning styles, some students um, are not satisfied I think that in in-person instruction is more effective for for, for for them. So even based on that, um, the positive in the positive implications are that. Um, that the digital class spaces are effective for many but not all students. Um, so those practices that institutions develop during those times can really be impactful in the future. Based on what we've talked about today so far, I want to continue by discussing three fictional scenarios that I've, um, that I've written where we can kind of incorporate the knowledge that we've learned in the past um, and really kind of apply apply that to to the, the scenarios. So the first scenario is Maggie. Ma- so Maggie is a um, is a first generation college student who's eighteen, who's in her freshman year of college. And so she started college right after she graduated from high school. She um, attends college out of her hometown. So she lives about an hour and a half drive away from her hometown. And she is fully dependent on her parents and her family for finances and such. So when the COVID-19 pandemic started, Maggie was, um, forced to return home. When she returned home, her parents were a resource for, um, for her. She was able to, she had access to shelter, to food, and all that sort of stuff, and to Wi-Fi. During that time, Maggie, um, Maggie was, um, studying, doing her courses online through, through Zoom and such. And despite living with her family, she did experience feelings of of isolationism and challenges with her mental health. The second scenario is Rob. Rob is a 35 year old first generation college student. Rob graduated from high school when he was 18, but he just decided now to start college. But Rob currently works for Full full time, as um, a contractor, and he currently has a family of of a wife and two kids. So, when the COVID not when the COVID nineteen pandemic started, R- Rob's job was put on hold. But despite his job being put on hold, his education has become. More accessible due, due to his family responsibility, taking care of his kids and such. We're, we're, um, studying remotely was a major um, positive be- benefit for, for him due, due to his various responsibilities. Going to the third scenario is Tina. Tina is a 20-year-old junior. She lives currently out of state from where her hometown is. When COVID-19 started and her family, um, not her family, um, when COVID-19 started and her college, um, her college went to send all the students home, Tina did not have a home to go back to. Um, she, Tina, um, was in foster care throughout her childhood where, um, by the time she, she, she became an adult, she was not, um, she, so she, she, she did not, she was not adopted, meaning she did not have, like, a illegal family to go back to. So as a result, um, Tina did not have dependable sort of finances, She was not financially secure. Um, she was, she was how how she was housing insecure, food insecure. Um, so she was one of the very few, few exceptions where her college um let her stay in her, her dorm room. And she was one of the very, very very few, beside internet international students, who couldn't return to their home countries. So she kind of lived in the dorm halls along with international students. Other students more um considered to be more dire circumstances. So setting up th- these three, th- three scenarios um based on the research that I've done, these are more like the common three scenarios that are going on, such as through, through Mackie. Maggie was considered the more traditional college student, where she didn't worry, worry, worry about about food, housing and such, but yet yeah, she still experienced some sort of mental health types of, of impacts, but nevertheless, her space and place was still accessible through her use of technology. For Rob Rob, 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 Rob had a totally different situation than Maggie. Rob, 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 Rob's life is almost completely different than Maggie. Rob has a family to take care of. He has a job which he was just kind of put on hold. However, with his education, it's more convenient for him because his, his kids are home from school now. He has to take care of his family now. Um. Because the kids are, are at home. So so despite the whole economic situation, Rob's ed- 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 education has become more accessible. In in a sense, that brings about a negative and a positive attribute regarding space and place, Rob's Space and place in in, in the in, in interactions referring space and place to a, to, a, to a higher education institution, is online, and Rob is content with that. However, with Tina, Tina is more in of a dire source or circumstance. Tina is is that statistic which people did not even know even really existed until that. not going. there are college students who are housing. Insecure there are students who are, who are food insecure when institutions send all all their students home, there's some students where there was no home to go back to. Where um, finance enhancing has become a, a problem, and and all that sort of, sort of stuff comes into play. So, so the reason I want to talk about that is because T- T- Tina's sense of space and place is much more different than Rob and Maggie. Tina, in a sense, is on the college campus that somebody should shut it down, where Tina is really isolated compared to Rob, who has his family. Maggie also has her family. Tina doesn't have anyone. On top of that, um, on to- top of that the sense of space and place a sense of feeling belonging a sense of positive interactions T- tina's were re- really kind of stuck in like an, in a place where she's kind of just stuck <laughs> a sen- um so because of that T- tina has more of the dire circumstance but but Tina's t- t- circumstance is more common than you think, especially when, in the pandemic, in previous articles I talked about, how students um, marginalized um, identities and such, how they experience a lot more f- food insecurity, housing insecurity, and they're impacted the most. And that's become more transparent when the pandemic started. So now that I've discussed it, I, I really want to um, conclude by making some um, some conclusions here regarding my, my, my thoughts on the impact that first generation, how first generation college students are impacted based on societal institutional responses to COVID nine nine nineteen pandemic. So, so space and place has both been positively impacted at negatively in, in, in impacted um gearing towards um for first generation college students because of the pandemic di- di- digital spaces have become more accessible for all students where students who have responsive family responsibilities students that might be compromised and such many of these students are able to access a higher ed- education because of these digital spaces However, students who are for, who are for, who are forced into digital spaces where they might excel better and might need have the emotional needs to to, to connect with others in person. There is a negative damper on that um, sense of they are impacted by the the how the digital spaces did not does not fulfill their their own needs. Um, also something I want to talk about is how spatial student trauma, based on all the experiences regarding the, the, the race, um, issues regarding, um, the killing of George Floyd because of all of the, the animosity that, that people have for one another, oh, this person's wear, wear, wearing a mask, this person's not, like, I don't feel safe, I don't wanna get sick, and all this other sort of stuff. All, all of this has to do greatly with the spatiality that students experience, their lived experiences, both these in-person spaces and these online spaces. Mental health has become a an, an, an major concern. Students' sense of belongings on campus, whether, what does that even look like? Is it even a necessary thing if students are studying online now re- remotely? What does sense of belonging even look like? All this sort of stuff has has been drastically in, 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 in impacted. However, um. However, the art articles that have been put in place now really has started to highlight all the challenges that first Generation college students experience. Students from from marginalized identities, all the experiences that of students also experience as well. All of this has become more transparent, which is good. So I don't really want to conclude now by discussing how. As I mentioned before, the impact that COVID 19 has had on first generation law students based on the institutional and societal responses to COVID are both positive and negative implications. That's just going back to our three scenarios, such as for Rob. Rob, Rob being online was great for him. For Maggie, there was um, the accessibility, but I wasn't so thrilled about it, but there's the accessibility education. Tina was a whole different story. But no matter what, online education, especially for those particular demographics of first generation students, where they have other responsibilities, like such as family responsibilities, work, 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 work responsibilities, and such, higher education is a lot more accessible to those students. Um, but that the um also um also like I mentioned in the past, there are the, ne- the the negative um implications that these students experience as well, such as their mental health and such as that. So space and place and the need for physical space and place for some students um is especially been highlighted now, making that those in person connections with others. Can greatly influence students' spatiality, um, type of lived experiences in those spaces. It really also starts to bring about other sorts of improving the the liminality of these students as well. So, I will just want to um to conclude by stating those 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 opinions, how the impacts that that space and place have experienced based on COVID-19 is very subjective based on the student. Um, but as time goes on, I'm hoping that as as more of the, the research has been, will be produced, a greater understanding on this topic um, can be made. But besides that, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great day, bye bye.